Bibles and you want to turn or you can follow on the screen with us in Genesis chapter 35. Genesis 35, verses 16 through 18. Let's see, it's wonderful today. And thankful for, I want to say for my, me, my wife, my family, thank you for last week, all the honor and gifts and texts and phone calls and messages and things that you bestowed on us during Pastor Appreciation Month. It was much appreciated. We enjoyed uh, gift cards and it's nice. It's sure it's nice to go out and eat. Just hand them a gift card. That's nice. I appreciate it. I love it. Not necessary, but much appreciated. misspell it or pronounce it wrong they'll correct you right quick people want to have a good name and they ought to Proverbs 22 and 1 says that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold a good name is something we want I know that people like to think they have a good name or that their name means something good because of all these uh, Facebook quizzes I see people taking and what does your name mean? 
what does your name mean in this? What, or even now they got what's your elf name and what's your Jedi name and what's, what's this name and that name. But, and I always know that when it comes up something good, people share it. If it comes up, it means you know, powerful, people share it. If it means faithful, people share it. You know, if it came up and said liar, you oh, no. If it came up, you know, said you was a a, thou, a scoundrel or a thug, you know, I'll hide that. You don't share all that stuff. But if it says you, you know, you're like a a, a, a shepherd or you're like a, you know, a, a good friend, man. You're oh, you, oh, that's right. I'm gonna let everybody know. Facebook said I was faithful, you know. <laughs> and so it's because we want a good name. Nothing wrong with wanting a good name. Nothing wrong with wanting our name to mean something. People strive to make a name for themselves in this world. They, uh, people that do things, you know, there, there are famous people you could mention and, and you could name why you remember them. They, they made a name for themselves in a certain area, maybe in a, in a business, in a sport, in politics, in history somehow. You know, it's just names, as soon as you hear them, you're automatically associated with greatness. It, when you hear names like uh, Martin Luther King Jr., yeah. or, Great man, automatically, boom! I got, I've got a dream. I had a dream, you know, hey, right there. You, you, you already know what he did, the sacrifices he made. When you, you, you see people that uh, uh, they, they died, gave their life for causes, and their name is stamped forever in our minds and in our hearts. Yes. Good names that are precious and wonderful, and and so I, I, I agree with the scripture. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Ecclesiastes seven one said that a good name is better than precious ointment. Let me tell you, when your name gets trashed, people will sue you if you defame their name. Uh, if you go against a, a businessman or you know they're in some line of business and you start running them down and, and telling things about them and it hurts their business, they can sue you because you have defamed their name and now they can't make a living anymore. And everywhere they go, people look at them funny and, and they're labeled by the, the stories that have been told on them. People are protective of their name. I'm thankful for my name. I'm thankful to have a good name. But I didn't always have a good name. But the Lord has always thought we were special. In Isaiah 62, in verses 1 through 4, the Lord was talking to his people. He said, For Zion's sake will I not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and the salvation thereof as a lamp that burns. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness and all the kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of God. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken. That's not a good name. Neither shalt thy land any more be termed desolate. Not a good name either. He said, but thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. God was saying, I'm gonna, you're not going to be forsaken anymore or desolate, but you're going to be Hephzibah, which means my pleasure is in her. And Beulah, which means to have a husband, where that's honor, because we know back then in those days, women who, who weren't married, it was like a, a, a dishonor kind of thing. They, they didn't have anybody, and they, they wanted to get married, and that's why they was getting married so young, as fast as they could. They, they want to be the old maid. 
But listen, but girls, listen. That don't mean you got to run out and start finding somebody trying to get married. You you find right by yourself until this time. Don't worry. You stay right there. But God was saying, look, I know that people have seen what's going on and they've called you forsaken. And uh, I've had to chastise you and do some things and they, they think that I left you and they call you forsaken and they call you desolate, but you're still uh, my bride and you're going to have a husband and my pleasure is going to be in you and, and they'll call you, they're going to look at you and call you Hepzibah and Beulah. God is going to give you a new name. Yes. And so it is with this world that we get labeled before we come to God and maybe even after we come to God. It's easy for people in this life to get labeled, to get tagged. It's what our past has done to us. Because of the choices we made, the things we did, situations we got caught up in maybe, combined with the memory of others or our own, we often only see ourselves as failure. We are our own worst critic. We look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I'll never be good enough. We think about what we've done. We have an enemy, the Bible says, who is an accuser of the brethren. He's always trying to label you with your failure, label you with your shortcomings, label you where you don't quite measure up to somebody else. But we're not here to compare with each other. But we're here to see what God thinks about us. And when children were named in the the Scripture... uh, their names meant something. They were named something for a reason. And we, we do the same thing. We name our kids after family members or we'll get a baby book, a name book, and we, we look up a name and so I want to see what that means. Because I don't want to get a, a neat sounding name and it means dog food or, you know, uh, something. You know, I, I don't want to get this cool name thing. Man, that's awesome. And it, and it means like cat guts or something. You know, it's like, so you want to make sure that you've got a name that will be something they can be proud of, and re- it represents them. And, and uh, so, in, you know, in different cultures, they give names, and they, they have uh, great meanings. Uh, yes. I know I don't see Sister Phoenix here today, but that, you know, that's, not, that's her English name, but that's what her Vietnam, Vietnamese name means. Uh, it means phoenix, and that's a phoenix is a, you know, supposed to be a beautiful bird, a, a recreation, uh, re- recreated bird and, and so it's just got a lot of history to that a lot of culture to it and it's beautiful so people name their, their kids names that they can be proud of yes. and so when children were named in the scripture it was for a reason for a situation and a circumstance and whenever people saw that person heard the name the meaning is what stood out yes. it wasn't just that they knew your name was Benoni they knew that Ben and I meant son of my sorrow. The child who was just being born, he has nothing to do with choosing that name. He didn't create the situation of his mother's sorrow. He didn't create the situation of his mother's life departing her. It says, for she died. But as she was breathing her last breath and as she was be- feeling sorry about uh, leaving this world and maybe leaving her husband the love of her life and never going to be able to raise this son. She named him according to her situation and according to her sorrow. She said, this is the son of my sorrow. He would live and grow knowing what his name meant and why he was named. If his name you know, means this, he has nothing he can do about it. It wouldn't matter how good he was. It wouldn't matter how much joy he brought to others. When people saw him, his name meant 
what it meant. But the Father had other plans. It's not His fault that this is happening. This has come upon Him. And I'm glad today that the Father has the power to change the name. I'm glad today that the Father can remove the labels that's been put on us in this world. Oh, there might be some could could look me up in the, the history of my life and say, I remember when he was a pothead, and I can remember when he was a drunk, and I can remember when he was an old uh, metalhead, headbanging at all them concerts. There's a lot of labels that they could put on me. They could call me a, a mean. They could call me a fighter and all kind of things. But Jesus changed that name. He gave me a new name. And they might remember the drunk, but God don't remember the drunk. He might remember the pothead, but God don't remember the pothead. Come on, I don't know what was labeled on you. And I don't know what this world labeled you as. But let me tell you today that the blood of Jesus still cleanses from all sin. And he wipes away all those old names. He took them off and he nailed them to the cross. He said, you don't have to carry those labels anymore. I'm giving you a new name. Aren't you thankful today that the mistakes of your past can be nailed to the cross? Aren't you thankful that the things you've done wrong can be covered by the blood and you can have a new name with Jesus today? In a time of just terrible distress as a last dying act, Benjamin was named son of my sorrow. Who wants that? To be known as the son of sorrow. No matter what he did, how great he became, son of my sorrow. It was not his choice. He didn't pick it. He had no say in it. She died. He would never be able to even prove her wrong. He would never be able to show her, no, I'm not the son of sorrow, but I am a son of great joy. I'm a son you can be proud of. I don't even get a chance to prove myself because you labeled me this and you died. And that's what the world will do. They'll label you something and just walk away and say, that's what you are. They stamp you. They tattoo it to you. They label it on you and they hang it around your neck and expect you to carry it all the days of your life. And I know that if we tried to be uh, carnal and worldly, we could start measuring things. So, well, you know, so-and-so wasn't as bad as that one or that one. But all of it was sin in the eyes of God. And maybe you was a dope head and a dope dealer and a thief and a liar and all kind of things. Okay, maybe you was, but the blood of Jesus can change all of that. And the mercy of God can change all of that. Oh, I'm talking about the miracle worker. I'm talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm talking about the one who said, Behold, I make all things new. The scripture said that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He gets a new name too. He gets a new slate. He gets a clean slate. All his sins are washed away by the blood of the Lamb. And so this mother... Stamps him, but the father said, oh no, you're not going to be stuck with that label. 
I'm going to be here raising you and I'm not going to watch you go through life when I've got the ability to change this. You know, God's desire is to change your situation. He sees us walking with these labels and he just said, if you just come to me, if you just come and drink, if you just come and take of this water of life, if you just come and accept this salvation, that's all I want. It's not his will that any perish, but that all come to repentance. He said, I'm trying to get you to turn around so I can change your name. He can't do nothing about the people that remember your past. They're going to remember it. They're going to throw it up in your face sometimes. But that doesn't change what God thinks about you. Don't let somebody else's nasty attitude and nasty opinion of who you used to be change your idea of what God thinks about you. When he looks at you, he sees the apple of his eye. When he looks at you, he sees the jewels that he's making up. When he sees you, he sees the bride, the church of the living God. So the father looks at this little baby and he said, It's not your fault. I'm changing this. And he names him Benjamin, which means son of the right hand. And oh, if you were to start studying what the son of the right hand means and what the right hand means through Scripture, many times people think it means standing on the right. That's not even what it's talking about. The right hand is authority. The right hand is power. The right hand is majesty. The right hand is glorious. You read it through the scripture. All the times about how God's right hand has gotten the victory. He gave him a name of victory. He gave him a name of power. He said power is going to come on you after you receive the Holy Ghost. He said I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And I give you power over the label that the world has put on top of you. He said, I'm going to call him Benjamin. He's the son of my right hand. And we know that Jacob loved him and kept him close. I want us to be uh, right there close, son. Be right with me. When you hear your name, I want you to be reminded that you're special to me. When you hear your name, I want you to know that I changed your circumstance, that I removed a label that would have followed you all the way to the grave. But I was the only one that had the power to do it. He would have got married as Ben and I and had kids as Ben and I. And his wife would have known what his name meant. And his kids would have known what his name meant. But his father said, oh, no. I don't want because too many times people live up to their labels. Sometimes if the pressure is too strong and too many people are just piling it on and piling it on, people will live up to the label. If they call you this and call you this and call you this, pretty soon you start being this. You've got to take a stand for your new name. And the father here, Jacob, he knew about name changes. In Genesis 27 and 36, his, he had a brother named Esau. And Esau comes to his father as he's dying. He said, I'm here to get my blessing. And he said, who are you? He said, well, I'm Esau. He said, you done been here. And I've already given that blessing away. And his brother was so furious. Esau said he was rightly named because he has stole my birthright and he has stole my blessing. See, Jacob meant a supplanter, uh, 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 somebody that would uh, be a deceiver. He was a replacement. He was one who takes the place of. And, and his name meant something not very nice. But in Genesis 32... Jacob wrestles with the Lord and he's holding on to him 
And the Lord is telling him, you got to let me go. And he said, I'm not letting go unless you bless me. And he touches him and, and even wounds this thigh and, and causes it to come out of joint. And he changes the way he's going to walk. But he didn't just change the way he walked. He said, all right, from now on, you will no longer be called Jacob. But you shall be called Israel. For as a prince, you have power with God and men. And you have prevailed. He changed his name to Israel, the name of God's chosen people. He said, you're going to now be the name of the apple of my eye. You're going to be something that means something. You're going to be a, a name to me that's so very special. No longer would you be called Jacob in my mind. Now his brother would still call him Jacob. His family would still call him Jacob. But God called him Israel. He said, because I've changed your name. You've wrestled with me. You, you, even when I tried to get you to let go, you hung in there and I've changed your name. According to Scripture, we were born into sin under a curse. According to us as Gentiles, we were not even God's chosen people, but we were His created people. And even after we were old enough to make our own choices, we didn't do so good. I didn't. And our reputations became known to our peers and even to our family. They would hear things and know things about us. And we just became who that label was. I'm telling you, people, people will come, would come to me back before my church days. They would come to me and ask me, could I get them some of this? And I said, yeah, I can. They came to me because they knew that I could or I knew where to. And so I had a label that was on me. And even, even if we were good, because my mom would tell you that he was a good boy. Even if we were good, there's still a label applied at birth. We're sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. But the Father had other plans. According to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10, it says we were fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, Abusers of ourselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. We were liars, cheats, fighters. We were no good. There was no good thing in our flesh. We could not on our best day erase the sin that was in our life. There was no soap of water or any amount of good that we can do to change what was wrong in our life. But Jesus could. In verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 6 and 11, it says, And such were some of you. But you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He said, When you're born again, you're justified. It's like you've never done it, and I'll give you a new name. The blood of Jesus, that the, the love of the Father has not just been a it's not just been a game changer, but it's been a name changer. Well, a lot of times we say, oh, God's a game changer. Yeah, he's a game changer, but he's a name changer. We were nobody, the scripture said. We were without hope in this world, the scripture says, and not even a people. But now, according to Romans 12 and 5, we're the body of Christ. Revelation 21 and 9 says we're the bride. 
Isaiah 40 and 11, God's flock. 1 Corinthians 3 and 9, God's building. Ephesians 2 and 22, the habitation of God. 1 Corinthians 3.16, we are the temple of God. Acts 5 and 14, we are believers. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, we are the beloved brethren. Matthew 5 and 9, we are children of God. Deuteronomy 7 and 6, we are chosen ones. The Bible says we are Christians, dear children, the elect, heirs, light of the world, ransomed of the Lord, righteous, salt of the earth, redeemed, purchased, trees of righteousness, vessels of honor, and vessels of mercy. But can you remember when you wasn't that? Uh, can you remember, brother? I can remember. Brother Terry, I can remember. I can remember when I wasn't Christian. <laughs> I might have been like some of this world that everybody claims they're Christian. I might have said, well, I believe in Jesus, but I didn't serve Jesus. I didn't live for Jesus. I still drank and cussed and fought and fight and was mean as a snake. And I know you can't believe that. But I'm telling you, that's what God can do. God can take the hardest heart and make it soft. God can take the darkest sin and wash it away. It don't matter how deep it is. It doesn't matter how bad the wound is. God can heal it. And it doesn't matter how long you carried that label. God can remove it. You know, when we try to take labels off by ourselves, you ever try to take one of them stickers off of a picture frame? Just leaves all that stuff and you can still see where it was and then you try to get something to get it off and it smears it and now you got glue smeared it it just don't just don't never seem to work does it same thing happens we try to change ourselves turn over a new leaf change this change that do all those kind of things but people will always remember and what matters most of all is that God writes our name in his book but you got to get a new name you got to let him change it you can, change, you can even go change your name legally. Go into witness protection program. But if you ever show back up in your hometown, people are going to say, hey, I know you. And I know what you've done. And I know what you used to do. I know who you were. You say, oh, I, oh I'm not that person anymore. I live in another state. And I, well, you need to be in that other state. <laughs> God will change it. He's got the power to change it. Don't you let somebody who's jealous of you label you? make you feel like you less than something when God does that work in your life only God gets to say who you are well you might have done this might have done that but I know you no you don't you know the old me you know who I used to be oh no I remember when you did yeah I did I, I'm not going to lie yeah I did that but that's not me anymore that's not who I am anymore. God has done a redemptive work. The Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Go on to tell somebody. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2 and 9 now. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And then he said, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of God. We didn't even have a chance until Jesus come along. The label we carried, it separated us from God, but because of his love and his mercy and his grace today and that saving power of the gospel, we've been changed and renamed to be the children of God. Don't let the labels and the title or the names that this world placed on you define you. Be bigger than that. 
Don't let the labels that your enemies place on you define you. Be bigger than that. Don't let, what's the word to say today? Don't let the haters uh, put them, them labels on you. Uh, haters gonna hate. They don't, you know, uh, uh, ain't that what they say? You see how how hard that is for the whitest man in the room to say something like that. <laughs> haters gonna hate. I'm so I don't even know what that means. That's like talking about having something on fleek or something like that. I don't, know. I don't even know what that means. I don't care either. I, I, st- I still sleep good without knowing what those things mean. But I, what I'm trying to say, I, I try to be relevant to the young people today. I try to make you see it doesn't matter what this world tries to do to you today. When God works in you, he said, I'm the potter. Ain't nobody's hand on this wheel but mine. I'm the only one molding. I'm the only one shaping. I'm the only one uh, marring it. And if anything's going to get changed, I'm going to be the one doing it. They don't get a say in what I'm making. They don't get a say of what I'm doing. And if I make you top-notch head vessel, that's who you are. It don't matter what they think about it. Whatever God makes you, God made you. I'm glad today that old Mother Earth might have labeled us, but the Father had a different plan. Oh, no. When you come to that new birth, I'm going to give you another name. You don't keep that name. When you die to sin, and when they bury you in the water, when I raise you by my spirit, I'm giving you another name. You're not carrying that name around anymore. You're justified. (laughs) Praise God. I heard Brother uh, Huntley say this one time. He said, your past is pardoned. Your present is powerful. And your future is promised. I thought that was so good. Your past is pardoned. Your present, who you are right now, is powerful. And your future is promised. I think about a man in the scripture. His name was uh, Saul of Tarsus. Anybody know who that is? You know who Saul was? He was mean. Persecuting the church. He stood by while they stoned Stephen and held the coats of them that stoned Stephen. He, he had letters to lock people up and he would cause people to blaspheme against the gospel and cause them to recant their love for the Lord. He was a mean person, but he thought he was doing it the right way. His name Saul means this. Dedicated to God. That's what his name means. It means dedicated to God. But after he meets Jesus and the Lord drops him on the road to Damascus and tells him what things he's going to do, they stop calling him Saul. And they start calling him Brother Paul. And you know what Paul means? It means little. So you think this is in reverse. Because, man, he had a great name. It meant dedicated to God. Why couldn't he just keep that? Why did he have to go to Paul, which means little? Because he must increase, but I must decrease. (laughs) Paul boasted in his dedication. He boasted in his uh, commitment and his his zealous ways uh, to his own nation. He said, "I'm, I'm more zealous of the traditions of my fathers than most people in my own nation. And it caused him to follow his own righteousness. But he became little 
when he met the Lord so he could do big things for God. God changed his name, changed who he was. Oh, when they saw him come, they had doubts about him. Oh, no, it's the one that persecuted him. He's not a persecutor anymore. Now he's a preacher. He used to be a persecutor. Now he's a preacher. And as Saul, he was known as the persecutor of Christ. But as Paul, he was known as the preacher of Christ. But the old man was buried and the new man was raised to walk in newness of life. Let's stand together. Aren't you glad today? Oh, this world. I love life, I do. But I'm going to tell you, this world holds no love for us. Heaven and earth will pass away. We're going to live forever someday with him. I have no dedication to the labels of my past. I have no fond memories of them. I don't I don't take pride in knowing that I was such a fool. I was a fool. I was without God. Lived my life and ignored him, rejected him. probably mocked people that lived for him called them names because they was good at two shoes and got to go to church that's just how it was saw no need for God in my life thought that the name I had around town was pretty good you know, like pretty, had, one of them, had a reputation I thought it was cool if I lived by it it was like Fonzie I was 
that's why when people come up and say something to me like I thought you was raised in the church that's the greatest compliment you can ever give me the fact that you can't see any of my past that it's been erased so greatly that you have no idea of it that's why it surprises people so much when I can relate to them when they say I got a problem with this I see I did too Live the life that fits your name change. If God's changed your name, listen to me, folks. If God's changed your name, then live the life that fits your name change. Don't give in the pressure of this world anymore. Live the life of your name change. Be the body, be the church, be the forgiven, be the blood washed, the blood bought, the cleansed, be the apple of his eye. And if you need it,